guitar. <laughs> no fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for listening, downloading, and sharing. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get into this segment of America's Third Watch, I wanted to touch on a hypocrisy everyone is letting slide. It may sound insignificant to you at first, but the more you contemplate the double standard being applied here, the more you see that one demographic is getting pushed around and has been pushed around since the 1960s. For those calculating the math, that's 64 years. Currently, the number one hit on the Billboard country charts belongs to Beyonce, who critics describe as specializing in R&B, funk, rap, and hip-hop. She is commonly understood to be a performer predominantly of the black culture, although she is knee-deep in the woke culture as well. Her new song, Texas Hold'em, is certainly of the country flavor. That's unmistakable. Here's a short clip. This ain't Texas. Ooh. Ain't no hold'em. Hey. So lay our cards down, 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 down. So pack your Lexus Ooh. and throw your keys up. saying that Beyonce doesn't have a good product here. It's well produced, and I'm sure the pop country fans will glom onto it like an urban cowboy gravitates to a Tony Lama boot sale. But it's not country music, and in fact, I'll go as far as to say Beyonce has transgressed the line of cultural appropriation. And when one looks at the cover art for this single, it's clear Beyonce holds a certain contempt and disdain for the more modest culture that is country culture. Cultural appropriation is a charge the black community often slings at the white community. Put succinctly, it is the use of elements of one culture by members of another. The black community claims that in any form, black cultural appropriation is offensive, especially when done by a white person, 
because the original significance of the elements are not respected. Black activists also quite vocally insist it reinforces stereotypes. When you understand the ground rules for the cultural appropriations game, it's clear that Beyonce and her producers are co-opting elements of the country lifestyle in an extremely opportunistic manner to make money. Do they respect the original significance of the country culture? If you believe that, you better check the oil in your intelligence engine because you're not firing on all cylinders. Don't get me wrong. And don't attempt to paint me with the disingenuous broad brush of political racism. There are successful black performers who have made the jump from pop to country, but done it in a way that respects the country culture. Darius Rucker, Charlie Pride, Rhiannon Giddens, and Mickey Guyton have done so, but succeeded in doing so because of their true passion for the genre not because they saw dollar signs in grabbing for their piece of the pie. The country culture is, by its very nature, the most inclusive demographic in the United States, and that's because it isn't predicated on skin color or identity politics. You become a part of the country culture when you work hard in providing an honest day's work. You live your life being responsible for yourself and taking responsibility for your actions. You respect and help your neighbors. You strive to make your community and your country, no matter any perceived flaws, a better place to live. And you judge others by their actions and the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. Now, ask yourself this question. Did Beyonce move to a small Texas town and fall in love with the lifestyle and experience an epiphany about country life? Or did she see dollar signs and a cute hat she could exploit to enrich herself through cultural appropriation, something her community rails against? Do you see why it matters? If cultural appropriation is going to be a thing then it should apply across the board. The special interest double standards, I get to do whatever I want to, damn the consequences because I'm a minority, that must stop. After these messages, this morning's segment on America's Third Watch, broadcast on the Genesis and Salem Communications Networks. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. State Farm says they're a good neighbor. 
But would a good neighbor target five-year-olds for conversations about sexual identity? State Farm did. For six months, they asked employees to donate guides to being transgender to public schools. Books aimed at making kindergartners question their identity. How do parents know where State Farm put these books? What's State Farm doing about it? Visit AskStateFarmWide.com. Bank of America wants to control how you live your life. They're building a system to track your carbon emissions and monitor your driving, coming after your Second Amendment rights, favoring certain home buyers based on their race. Bank of America is using a social score system straight out of China's playbook. Bank of America is obsessed with trying to control your life. What will they do next? Bank of America, their lies start with their name. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Hour number four, officially launching, and uh, we're using that term this morning, of course, because they did land something on the moon, the United States in conjunction with a private company, uh, and uh, it evidently made it there. They were able to finally get a faint signal, so at least it looks like it was a success. We're talking about being a success, folks. We got Frank Silvato from UndergroundUSA.com and, of course, author of the book, Nullification, joining us this hour. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Kyle. Well, I don't know if it goes beep, beep, beep from that. I know Sputnik did that, but uh, I think this is a much different kind of kind of thing that they're receiving. But uh, evidently it made it. So at least that's good. Well, it's an achievement. You know, what it will mean going forward is is not completely known yet. But the fact that we did abandon the space program for all practical purposes after the shuttle um, we're back on the right track. We just need to cultivate it for, um, for the advancement of society, not just to say we did it. Well, I think, the, I think the days of, Hey, let's just do this. And how much is it going to cost? You know, the, the, those kind of have to be over. Uh, what's the purpose? Let's move forward with a giant plan and, uh, let's not make it something where we're weaponizing everything. Well, it, exactly right. And there was a lot of promise back then uh, in the 60s. And, and it still is kind of, it's one of those goosebump moments, right? If you go back and you see uh, Kennedy's speech where he talks about, you know, sending a man to the moon, returning him safely before the end of the decade. Uh, and that became a, a big, big deal. Um, and uh, to try to get to that point, especially because uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated. But, um, but there was a lot of hope and promise with the idea of, of what they were doing. And I, I, I would love to get back to that so that we have, as you said, some kind of good that's coming out of this. Well, I mean, think about what came out of the, uh, the, the mission to the moon. If it wasn't for that and the technology that was, uh, that was developed for that mission, you wouldn't have cell phones today. You wouldn't have instant communication, uh, not to mention what uh, the Internet, everything else. It's uh, so many things were discovered through that mission uh it's insane and this is a an era of true heroes because you didn't know what was going to happen was it was it the the first the, the first apollo flight where it blew up on the pad yeah apollo one yeah too much yeah. 
pure oxygen in the um, in the capsule and it caught fire after the spark. Yeah, or or Apollo thirteen. I mean, when I was little, I had the the extreme honor of meeting Jim Lovell. Wow, and and then that was before he went up, and so you were watching television, going, "I I know the I know the guy who's in that." <laughs> no, I know I know the guy who's in that, and and that was a, a bigger than meeting Michael Jordan, you know, bigger than meeting Jimmy Buffett, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was it was something where these guys were trapped in space and had to think on my feet in order to get home. Well, that's right. I'm so glad you brought that up because. Part of this thing, and especially with Apollo 13, there's a great scene in that movie by Ron Howard where they they say, look, we have we need to make this fit into that. And all we have is this stuff. So start brainstorming on the, uh, Otherwise, they're going to die, you know. And so it's that kind of can do attitude that really encapsulates, you know, our attitude as a nation, at least as it has been, you know, up to this point. And I, I always think that that's that's very inspiring. And that's as, one of the best parts about America. As as it did. I mean, to now consider what they're teaching in college, considering what they're graduating out of high school. You know, there was just a big uh, study that came out yesterday that said, I, I believe, like 65 to 70 percent of the people um, who graduated college are not using the useless degree that they received. Mm-hmm. You know, math is now subjective. Do you think math was subjective to those three astronauts? coming trying to get back home on apollo 13 no it, it was precise it, it wasn't a, a my truth about math is this that whole my truth is and let's be relative to this it's got to stop because we're losing the ability to achieve things like traveling to the moon like apollo 13 what happens when it goes wrong no kidding, because it's something always, unfortunately, it, there's always that real potentiality. And I'm glad you mentioned the word relative, because people could point and say, well, what about relativity? You know, Einstein said everything's relative, but there's a precision in relatively, you know, in t- terms of the general theory of relativity. That's all mathematics as well. It's not about, well, it's kind of what you want it to be. They've completely misinterpreted that phrase. Yeah, that's the, uh, the difference between the scientific relativity and sociological relativity and and sociological relativity is kind of stupid <laughs> it is and i want to thank uh, trucker ron out there send us a direct message um there after uh, we played uh, i can't drive 55 he says that i can't drive 55 was uh, was really directed at his the crazy denver drivers and he says right at the end of that song we, as we played it Says I'm sitting at an intersection waiting to turn, and here comes a knucklehead blowing through and running the red light in front of me. It's so dangerous out here. Well, yeah, be careful, fucker, Ron. Absolutely, keep your uh, keep your head on a swivel, and uh, uh, you got to watch out for the other guy. And then he says this, and Frank, I uh, will bring you in. Good morning again, Frank, Mister Kyle. All right, Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com, and and of course, author of the book Nullification. So Frank, so Trucker Ron writes in. He says, in second, he had to laugh. When I said, because his, you know, I can't drive 55, I said, don't, don't forget everybody. Our official policy is to stay, uh, you know, do the speed limit. Don't go over the speed limit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and, uh, it's a good official policy too. Yeah. That's right. So he says, he's laughing. He said, we don't condone speeding. He says, now that's not true. He says, every day 
you say how the show is flying by at warp speed. And if you see something speed by you, it's your show. <laughs> it says that means you're piloting your show way faster than the speed of light. It says great show once again, Kyle. Thanks again, Trucker Ron. We appreciate that. And that's a great message to get, isn't it, Frank? You know, as as to the person who blew through the stoplight, and there's there's wrong and then there's dead wrong. Yeah. You know, so there is nothing, there is nothing worth your life that you have to punch it through a yellow when it's turning red. Just turn up the stereo, slow down, turn up the song, enjoy the time you have not racing through the streets and arrive alive. Indeed. That is well said. That's, that's the thing. And, uh, or people looking at their cell phones and uh, this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's right. There's so many. So many of these dash cam videos that make it out there, you know, that show that, hey, somebody was completely distracted and then the whole catastrophe happened. Yeah. When you, when, you know, when you, when you spend a, a career um, picking up other people's mistakes, you learn how ridiculous it is to, boy, I, I, I made it 20, 20 seconds quicker. Oh, right. Right. It's not worth it. No. It's not worth it. Not. not at all. And you, as a former firefighter, you've seen this too up close and personal. It's, and, it, and it stays with you. And it stays with everybody that you know, whether it's friend or family. You know, so just think. Just think when you drive. You, you don't need to get there that fast. The world's not going to split in two. You know, just, just drive well. You know, we kill, we, we, so many people get killed on our expressways every year. I believe it's well over 50,000 people a year. And, and when you, when you juxtapose that to, to the people who protest in the street about endless and useless wars, if we considered that a war, if we, if we said, Hey, let's, let's quest to have, have zero, you know, or, or bring it down below a thousand, that would be a fruitful adventure. Exactly. Right. You know, because, because this is self-imposed on us. So, uh, you know, this is why the dumbing down of society is not number one on my hit list. <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. But, uh, but good advice. Ab- absolutely. And, uh, because we want everybody to get there in, in one piece and, uh, we're out there listening to the program this morning. Yeah. We're right along with you. It's our great pleasure as always. Well, Frank, you know, I saw this headline earlier, said that California is going to get hit or is being hit with a surge of illegal border crossers because <laughs> because Texas is doing too good a job at, at stopping them, evidently. Where's, uh, I, I guess, Gavin Newsom should be heard from soon filing a lawsuit against Texas? Probably so. Yeah, we can't have you enforcing that. It's hurting us. So you have to stop it. Get down in, get down in the mire with all of us. That's, that's inclusion. You know, that's equity and inclusion right there. You, you can't police your border. You, you, you can't stop people from breaking the law in your state. And we're going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. That's the, that's the kind of mentality that, that people like Gavin Newsom have. I, you know, hey, you said you wanted to be a sanctuary state. Right. You know, you you declared it, you thumped your chest about it, you said this is the right thing to do, as David Lee Roth would say, eat it and smile. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. 
And, uh, and of course, you know, uh, it's an election year now. We've got uh, Joe Biden, uh, who is evidently going to do something with executive orders uh, to stop the, um, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the getting uh, any kind of review, this kind of thing uh, to come across the border. They think that that's what the public is really going to react to at this point, make it look like they're trying to be tough on the border. But it's all just, as Speaker Johnson says, just gimmicks. I mean, it'll go back to normal day after they win the election if they win. Yeah. So he's standing out there in front of the microphone saying, the guy's, the guy's policies that I canceled the very first day in office, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do those, but I'm going to put my name on it and, and it'll work. Because everything he's proposing is exactly what Trump had in place. So does that make Biden a terrible racist and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, he might as well try to steal our democracy at that point, which they're kind of doing if they, if they continue acting the way that they do. You know, it's, and it's just another example of how he's so, so willing to plagiarize other people's things. Oh, you know, he's so okay with, with saying this man was horrible. He is a threat to democracy. We have to vanquish him at all costs. I don't even want people to say his name. It should be a felony to say Trump, but we're going to use his policy because it worked. And I was the guy who reversed it. We won't mention that on MSNBC or CNN, but it's the truth. So, so the, the guy is just plagiarizing one more time while he flies around the United States, getting billionaires to give him money. You know, we've got to start shaming the people who support this idiot. The, the, the people who support this idiot are doing it for their own opportunistic points. The people who are cutting the checks for $250,000 for a pack. You know, he just got finished with a $125,000 plate fundraiser out in L.A., I think. Uh, that, that one billionaire, but the Saban put up, he's the guy who threw it why is he supporting why is he supporting biden when biden's policies have done nothing but destroy everything in the united states so the blame for joe biden being able to run again has to rest on that billionaire's shoulders he's the bad guy mm-hmm. he and his buddies who are writing these checks because they think they're being so self-righteous and altruistic those people are to blame for what you're feeling in your pocketbook today and the insecurity you have at the border. Those people are to blame for being just a hair away from World War III. So while Biden is the result of this, those people with the thick checkbooks who just again and again and again just bolster people like joe biden up they're the ones that are to blame so let's start pointing the finger at them well indeed indeed and you've even got the biden co-chair uh campaign co-chair saying basically you know because they think they're really running on some record at least they're they're trying to make us believe that by saying this joe biden has had and this is a direct quote joe biden has had the best first three years of a presidency that we've seen in a long long time yeah if if your quest is to instill marxism then you're right (laughs) Right. you know that's the only way he can be successful if we're measuring 
the worst performance for the people of the United States, then you're right. Joe Biden has knocked it out of the park. He is blown by records set by Carter. He is blown by records set by Wilson. He's, he is the most damaging president to the United States that's ever been elected. So if that's what they're talking about. Okay, I can, I can sign on to that. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, exactly. But they try, to, they try to make it look like everything's just so hunky-dory. But people look out their front door, Frank, and they say to themselves, no, that's, that's not, it's not translating into my life. 949-822-7959. And if you have a question or comment uh, for Frank Silvato this morning, good morning again, Frank. Mr. Kyle. All right. Well, again, Frank Silvato is from undergroundusa.com. That's the website. And Frank, you're also author of the book, Nullification. How do people get a hold of that book? It's available on Amazon. You can you can go over to undergroundusa.com and click in the side column. It'll bring you right there. It's available in Kindle format and the paperback. I didn't do a, a hardback edition because why? <laughs> I just right. I don't get that. This is this is not the Odyssey by by Homer. This is uh this is about nullification and and decentralizing the federal government and the steps that can be taken to achieve that at a state level. So it's uh, it's more uh, manual. Uh, well, well, one of the things that's very cool about what you're writing about is, and for example, and I think it's important to point out as as we've done before, what Texas is doing is not is not nullification. It's actually standing in the gap of where the federal government is actually falling down. Uh, but uh, and on purpose, I might add. But where nullification comes in is is where something does not coincide, right, with the United States Constitution. That's where legitimate nullification comes in, right? When the federal government passes laws that are demonstrably unconstitutional, the state has the right to say, you know what, we recognize it as unconstitutional, and here is the case for that unconstitutionality. And because it is unconstitutional, we are nullifying it. We're not going to play that game. You know, we're going to stay the way we are, and a responsible state would take a challenge to the Supreme Court to establish that unconstitutionality to reverse it. Right. But in the meantime, in the meantime, they're not getting punished by what today is almost always activist government. Right. You know, you know, and it's not like there. This is a precedent. It's not a precedent. There's no precedent for this. For you know, you know, I'm reverse that there's precedent for this because sanctuary states are effectively nullifying immigration law they're saying we we recognize it we know it's on the books we're just not going to do it and and they go about doing it in the federal government because there are there are neo-fascists so embedded in the structure of that bureaucracy there's no penalty you know what 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 penalty does California have for being a sanctuary state? The federal government's not punishing them the way they could. They could withhold all federal funds for everything. Well, that's right. Yeah, and 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 of course they're not going to do that any anytime soon. No. And they and they're not going to do it in Illinois or New York or or any other major city that said we're not going to cooperate with ICE. That's that's saying we're not going to cooperate with federal law enforcement, but there's laws on the books. We don't care. Right. So that's why that's why I prefaced uh, earlier in in the segment. I said legitimate nullification. There's illegitimate nullification too. 
you know, so what I'm espousing is there is a way to affect legitimate nullification at the state level while the state takes steps to create state law and amending their constitutions in order to make sure they're protected against an overreaching, illegitimate, unconstitutional law foisted upon them by people who are opportunists in Washington. You know, the federal government was never meant to be centralized. That's something that the framers and the founders specifically made a point of structuring what they gave us for, to keep that from happening. We're supposed to be 50 separate states with 50 separate constitutions that cooperate in a compact that falls under the federal government and the constitution. Mm -hmm. Federal government's just supposed to fill in the cracks. They're supposed to be grout. Not tile. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is exactly what Governor Abbott's talking about because he uses those terms that the federal government has reneged on the compact that uh, is made between the federal government and a state. And uh, so this is, you know, it's interesting, too, because it's always sort of thrown back by critics. It's well, especially on the left, obviously, uh, that uh, that look at these extremists. You know, (laughs) that's it's not extreme. You know, if anything is extreme, it's exactly what you're describing in terms of states or cities saying we're sanctuary. We're not we're not uh, enforcing federal law because we don't want the the extreme people here. And this is where a working knowledge of history, even if you're going back to the just the beginning of our experiment here in the United States is vital. The people veering away from a literal, uh, a literal meaning constitution are the extremists. It's not the people who want to live live by the set of rules that we all agreed upon and became the compact that bound the union together. We're not the extremists. Constitutionalists are not the extremists. We're looking at the law and we're saying that's what it is. These are the set of rules that we all agreed upon to become a 50-state country. This is the constitution that any state who entered the union had to sign on to. The people who want to change that without going through the process as outlined in the Constitution are the extremists. So once again, neo-fascists, Marxists, and progressives, they're all telegraphing onto everybody else what they are. Indeed. And they Indeed. and they do this all the time. I mean I mean examples very clear. What's Joe Biden saying about the border right now? Republicans don't want a secure border. <laughs> right. Why? Because right. because Mitch McConnell gave you an out? Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, let's head over to the telephone line here real quick. I think we got a caller who's got a question or a comment for you this morning, Frank. Good morning, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Morning, Mr. Call, Mr. Frank. Driver Mike down here in Sarasota. Hey, Driver Mike. Yeah, I'm an hour late. Uh, got my hours cut back. That is normal. Uh, Mr. Frank, uh, this bull crap with uh, the phones yesterday. <laughs> I heard in my uh, clothesline uh, feed uh, that the terrorists, Iran, they got all these uh, super AI uh, chips, and this is like a test. And they're definitely they're just waiting for the time to to really shut America down. Electricity, water, banks. I think uh, this was a test. What do you think there, Mr. Frank? Well, I mean, there's there's no information pointing to that, but you can never rule that out. 
you, you just can't. If, if, you know, if you're thinking like an enemy of the United States, you're pursuing that kind of technology. Uh, what I heard happened yesterday was a, 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 f- a failed execution of a software update at AT&T, and that makes a little bit more sense to me than, than, uh, than the successful execution of a foreign, a foreign hack, which should have been all over the place, especially on um, dark web places. Anonymous would have been out with this on, on X and everything else, so I didn't hear anything about that. My question here is, did AT&T invite the federal government in to conduct these at these investigations into whether it was cyber terrorism or not? Or did the federal government just assume they should go into a private company and execute this on their own? Indeed. I believe that the terrorists are doing this. This was just a test. Like I said, my closed nine dudes saying that they already have all these programs to hack us. Everybody wants to hack America. And it seems like every time something happens that it pops up, it's like, and everybody blows it off. It's like, uh, I don't want to get rid of us. I'm not, I'm not sure they're trying to blow us off. It's just that there is no, and, and like I said, going on the dark net and looking at Anonymous and a couple of the other organizations that keep their pulse on what Iran's doing and, and, and people who are enemies of us, there's no chatter. There's nothing about the execution of this. That's why I question it. Yeah, but we should. I say, people, have a nice day. I got to keep my eyes on the road. Hey, sounds good, driver Mike. Thank you for calling. Take care and be safe out there. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care. All right, great call. Thank you, driver Mike and uh, Frank. Yeah, that was that was a great call. And uh, unfortunately, we're starting to head into the uh, through the break here. But uh, you have yourself a great weekend as well, Frank. We're going to talk to you again back on Monday. Stay low, my friend. If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you. Be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com to sign up for our Substack, which comes straight to you, circumventing the censors and the fact checkers, because we both know that they're worthless, and that's been proven over time. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle and paperback over at Amazon.com. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato, and we will be back right after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.